welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. I... Like, thanks to, thank you so much to Rick Neuheibel for joining us in the previous episode. And if you're just listening to this and it's the first bit of action that you've gotten uh, from the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast, make sure that you go back and listen to that. Uh, fantastic takes from the coach. Um, but, you know, we recorded that Sunday morning. And Barton Simmons, Sunday night, boy. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, 35-point UCLA comeback. Uh, didn't quite get that cover, but goodness gracious. Um, all right, we will get into that, what it means for Texas A&M, what it means for Kevin Sumlin, what we thought about Josh Rosen, like for, and Virginia Tech, West Virginia was an awesome game. Yeah. What? I was sitting there just locked in to the Virginia Tech, West Virginia game. Wasn't on Twitter. Uh, cause I just given up on the UCLA game because why not? Yeah. And, uh, and then I started getting text messages like, you know, explicit test messages like, are you watching this? <laughs> and I'm like, no. And I turn it over and, and see Josh Rosen driving for, for a go-ahead touchdown. So I was like, the other game was a great game. And then right. I had to just totally just abandon that one, leave it to the DVR and, and settle in for that UCLA game and then go back and, and rewatch the whole second half. But it was, that was, that was awesome. That was an <laughs> awesome night of football there. Yeah, because uh, West Virginia, Virginia Tech was uh, two evenly matched teams, two well-coached teams, particularly on the offensive end. Man, they yeah, were two bringing... totally different games. Yeah. Like, one was like a well-coached, <laughs> good game. The other one was just like, who sucks worse? And uh, like, it was, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were on opposite ends of uh, <laughs> on, of the, the spectrum. But uh, all right, so the, our task for today uh, we're we're gonna unload all of our takes in in a segment that we're gonna. I guess I'm gonna call. We're taking it to the kitchen, Barton. We're gonna get into the kitchen. We're gonna cook and we're gonna pull these takes out of the oven and we're gonna we're gonna judge them uh, together. We're gonna say are they are they too hot uh, or are they just right? So um, are are you, are you ready to take it to the kitchen? Take it to the kitchen. All right. You want to go first? Uh, yeah, okay. Let's see. Um, all right. I'll start with, uh, with this one. How about this? South Carolina is a SEC East champion contender mm. based on their win against North Carolina State. Here's uh, I, I think that's just right. Um, and I, I think I was too impressed by two things. Number one, um, the Rico Dowdle, Debo yeah. Samuel, uh, weapons that you have. You I mean, I, I feel like you mentioned their names uh, in, in July. Like, I, I think that they are going to be more uh, effective on offense than a lot of people think. It's not just going to be Jake Bentley. And Jake Bentley proved to be a baller. Um, you know, defensively, I I, I kind of thought that they did a did an all right job against the Wolfpack. I'm I like it. 
I, th- I, yeah. I, I absolutely like. I don't think that they're going to win it at seven and one, but I think they can, you know, be a contender. Probably finishing like five and three. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's just right too. I, I think that it's, it's partially like a, um, you know, the old SEC East had a had a showing over the weekend with the Tennessee coming tonight as we're you know recording on Monday morning. But I mean, Florida is it's it's very clear now that South Carolina can beat Florida to me based on what we saw out of Florida. Now it doesn't mean they'll be favored in the game, but they can beat Florida. Uh, Georgia, particularly depending on we're still learning whether or not Jacob Eason's out for the year, what how serious that injury is. Uh, they they you know Georgia didn't blow the doors off of App State. Uh, I, I think South Carolina, because of how good they are offensively with that personnel, uh, all of a sudden, you know, I, I, you know, I picked them to go second in the East as a little bit of a projection, like, uh, you know, fingers crossed type of, of pick. I, I'm now all after seeing that after them beat a good NC State team, I, I think that they're. I would expect them to finish second, and I think that they can really contend for first. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I think that they. They were impressive this weekend. When uh, we this this isn't a take. This is more of a question about that game. Um, the like NC State offensively didn't seem to have a whole lot of success running the ball at all. Is that an NC State problem, or is that a good sign for South Carolina's defense? Uh, a group that we haven't really thought highly of probably in four years. Right. I think it's a good sign for South Carolina, and and I think we haven't while we haven't thought super highly of South Carolina's defense. Of late, I mean, this is Will Muschamp's territory. Like, if they got the offense squared away, I got to expect Will Muschamp will get that defense playing competitive football. Um, you know, it, it's that that's Will, what Will Muschamp takes care of. That's what he's got a, a track record of doing. And I think that that was, you know, that was a flash of that over the weekend. They so were, I think that they they'll, they'll continue to get better. There. Like those those are those are big boys that were getting penetration uh, against an NC State offensive line. I thought pretty highly of. And uh, yeah, I, that, that was what I, you know, I, I noticed that too. Like the defensive line specifically looked better. Like yeah. they looked like they had some players up there. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm with you. Very. I, I think that is just right. Um, and I've got another SEC East. Uh, take that I want to pull out that might be a little bit spicier. I just I had to I had to bring the the spice out of the oven. But first, we, I want to go back to last night. Uh, I think Kevin Sumlin needs to go six and two in SEC play to keep his job and be coaching the Aggies in twenty eighteen. Uh, so let me let me let me pull up their schedule. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, yeah, I think that that's that's definitely true. I think I, I think Texas I think Kevin Sumlin's gone. Wow, this is like, <laughs> like, like this is I mean, you're going full Facebook did, uh, did board of see, regents. Yeah, did you see the the regent Facebooking? Yes. Uh, that I mean that's it's the way that game went down. It was like we we joked about it being the Thunderdome game, and because you know two men enter, one man leaves. But the way that went down with with A uh, and M just absolutely killing. UCLA in the opening half and then UCLA having that comeback it was it played out to where like it didn't matter who won the other guy was going to look horrible it wasn't a well-played game like the West Virginia Virginia Tech game where you know both coaches come out of there being like all right we got a good team we're going to be okay this was a deal where for every great you know 
positive you can hang your hat on, there was like that much of a negative. And so I, I, I think that whether even if if A and M had had held off the comeback, then then Jim Morris. I think gone and and A and M's pro and Kevin Sumlin's probably is, but yes, I think I think six and two to keep his job is yeah that sounds right to me. And I also think there's that's the reason I think he's gone. There's no way that's happening because he's not going to beat they're not going to beat Alabama, and they're going at Florida. I know we just you know they got at LSU looked good, um, Auburn Mississippi State. They're just I don't have confidence in that, and so. I think at least six and two has to keep his job because um, we already know eight and five is not good enough. Right, eight and four right. Regular season is not good enough. No, you know? he's he's like six and two means nine and three. Right. After like like the sting of that loss is in front of everybody too. Like that's uh you get you get embarrassed uh like. You know, somebody you somebody pulls a prank on you and uh, and trips you when you're just hanging out with like a couple of friends. You know, you, you're gonna be able to let it go, but like if it's junior year in high school and someone trips you up at the homecoming uh, pep rally, like you're not gonna forgive him for the rest of the year. Like this is this was in front of everybody. This was so embarrassing, and we're not gonna be able to forget it. Hey. <sighs> And and you know what? Like it's funny too because I, as you know, Chip. So I picked I picked UCLA, and I felt pretty good about that pick going in. And then that first half, and really, like truly, like I, it was the wrong read. Like I was wrong. A and M is better than I thought they were, honestly. And that first half, they were they were awesome. Like they were they're so good in the run game. Their defense is playing great, um, and. And then and and so like it was, to me it was like wow like they, he's turned it around like this is this team looks like they are really going to be a good football team, and and I think two things happened one, Nick Starkle got hurt, and I think if Nick Starkle is hurt beyond this week, then I mean they got a couple cupcakes coming up that they can, or I guess one actually, no they have two they have Nickel State and Louisiana Lafayette so they should win next two no matter what. But if, if, if Nick Starkle's hurt beyond those two games, I don't see how they can win with Kellen Mond because there's just no passing threat. He's, he was three of 17. Yeah. And, he's a, he, and he, he's a really talented runner, but they, you know, this is just going to be a wildcat offense if, if uh, Nick Starkle's not in the game. And so and not, it's not like Nick Starkle was, was setting the world on fire, but he was at least given the balance offensively. And so... Uh, you know, it was funny. Like I was so wrong on AM in the first half, but then ended up almost getting right just because of the collapse. But uh, it was, yeah, it it was the not only did that game put Kevin Sumlin's job in jeopardy, but like the aftermath of that game further puts him in peril because of the way Nick Starkle is is going to be, uh, you know, a, a question mark moving forward. Uh, all right, a real quick follow up take both teams judging on that game should probably look into making a head coaching change yeah yeah i, I mean yeah ucla did not <laughs> like, look like we didn't we didn't see two men enter we we, we thought it was two men enter one man leaves it might be two men enter two men or yeah two two men stay i like, guess like uh, like they they die in the thunderdome together like that was that was 
I agreed. Like Jim Moore doesn't get any like credit for this one. I don't think. No. Uh, what What do you think about Rosen? Um, just to in, like the the come like leading the comeback for when you are a potential top draft pick who has spent so much time out of the spotlight because of injury, but still so much time in the headlines because of uh, your commentary. And you, we even had a, a headline of one of our podcasts was appreciating Josh Rosen's honesty here. Uh, he is a character in college football in 2017. Um, you know, the, there was just a lot going on. It was, it was, you know, for someone who says he wants to like be a movie producer one day, it was, it was pretty Hollywood. It was incredible. It was, I mean, and, and it just, his, his, the way he competed, the way he, you know, you could see like the passion that he had. And that's the stupid critique that some people have is like, is he not care about football? Well, that's nonsense. And he showed that. Uh, and the first half when they weren't moving the football, it wasn't because of Josh Rosen it was because they couldn't, they couldn't protect him. So if they can just give him a little bit of time, he can pick people apart. Uh, that said, there were some like, this is going to look a lot better than it was because he should have had a ball intercepted that would have ended the game. He, you know, he, there was, uh, there's a couple balls, frankly, that, that could have been intercepted that could have ended the game. I mean, A&M had so many opportunities to shut this thing down. Um, so while I, I'll credit Josh Rosen, I think this gets a little bit of the NFL, you know, heading in the right direction again for him. Um, man, this this could have easily gone the other way for him, and uh, and he could have been back to like, is he even a first round draft pick? Buzz, whether it's true or not, like you could have heard that sort of talk come out of this thing. Uh, so it, it was, it was, uh, I think, well needed for him to to get that done and and, and get a little bit positive momentum. All right, uh, cook me up a take. Okay, all right. Um, how about? Kelly Bryant can win a national title at Clemson. Oh, this year. Uh, 100%. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm so signed up for the Kelly Bryant experience. Uh he's like the yeah, no, I mean, like what what do you like about Kelly because when I was see and again, Kent State, I will and the good news is we get to see him play against Auburn this Saturday. So it, it's going to be um, you know, a huge test for him to be able to manage and, uh, you know, he's not going to be outrunning a Kent State defense. He's going to be having to try to turn the corner against some of the best athletes in the country. And he's going to be having to make reads against uh, a better defense. But um, uh, he he looks like he was very, very comfortable at the wheel of a, a brand spanking new performance car that was just driven right off the lot. I mean, he was hugging turns. He was hitting all of his targets. They were spreading the ball around. Uh, I mean – the dude's fast, you know. I mean, he's it's uh, he's electric. I'm yeah. I'm in totally. Yeah, and I think that's the difference. This <clears throat> this Clemson team is going to have a little more QB run game because even Deshaun Watson, as athletic as he was in extending plays, they weren't necessarily trying to make him a you know a a run threat. Like they were just trying to allow him to use his athleticism to make plays when they uh, when they arrived. I think Kelly Bryant, you're going to see more scheme for him. To, to do that so uh so yeah I, I i think kelly bryant is you know i i picked clemson in the playoffs thinking expecting kelly bryant to be playoff material so this is sort of the one next step up um and while i i if i gotta pick one side of it i would go with 
yes, he is national title material. Uh, per, but uh, particularly considering, you know, Jalen Hurts and JT Barrett are potentially the other two guys that he could be battling for that national title, and they haven't proven necessarily that they're anything un, unstoppable. So, you know, relative to those guys, I think he is uh, – I think he's in there. Um, and, of course, uh, the news breaking last night, DeAndre Francois likely out for the season uh, yeah. after that patella injury. Uh, Florida State will be going to its own freshman quarterback. Uh, you picked Clemson right out of the gate. But to me um, – and, you know, we can, we can call this uh, a take, uh, but – to me, Clemson's the you had the Clemson as the ACC favorite, but that game against Florida State's in Death Valley, and yeah. uh, Florida State has to play Miami in two weeks, and then NC State not long after that. I've, I've, I've got the Tigers uh, as the the ACC's most likely playoff team. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I agree with that. I mean, he, it, it's, it was always the the defensive line that that really got me on Clemson's train and after the, after week one, and I know it's Kent state. So, you know, I, I understand that, but they, the skill that they had, the, the, the number of skill options that they had to, to work with, in addition to having a really experienced offensive line, um, there's just really good everywhere. Like they don't really have any holes. And, K- and Kelly Bryant was the big question mark and he did look solid. And, this, this Clemson team, I think, is just so much better than people realize heading into the season. Uh, we're about to find out for sure this weekend how good they really are. But, you know, we'll talk about the Clemson-Auburn game later in the week, but just a little preview for my take on it. Like, I don't – I think um, this is a potential, you know, playoff pl- – pre-playoff, like, play-in game, I guess. Like, I think, I think Auburn's that good. I think Clemson's that good. Uh, but now I think Clemson could even lose that game and still make it in just by just by running the table and winning, winning out. So uh, this will be a, a really fascinating game this weekend. Now, uh, I said that Clemson is my uh, my my pick uh, now. I, I think that they should be considered the favorite to be the ACC's most likely representative. But I'm going to throw this one out there. I think that with the loss of DeAndre Francois – and I and I'm gonna I'm gonna you know throw this also at you with uh, let's let's get Barton's Barton's take on James Blackman. But with James Blackman at quarterback, I think that this Florida State team uh, is still going to be no worse than nine and three. Like they might lose one more game, and maybe they'll lose. Like maybe they lose to Clemson and Miami, or maybe they lose to. Clemson, and then by the end of the season, they just have a slugfest with Florida. But what I saw from a Florida State defense that honestly uh, looked like an old LSU defense with just like the the size and the speed and the range, like, uh, you know, future NFL players all over the place. Like, I was so impressed by Florida State defensively and by their just handfuls of 6'5", 6'4", receivers. Like, I know that James Blackman's got to be able to get them the ball, but with the talent everywhere else, I, I think that you know you might be a little handicapped or hamstrung at quarterback. But I mean, hell, so was the so were those LSU teams uh, that were still competing for you know maybe being in the SEC championship mix. I I think that Florida State will be able to 
uh, bounce back from this. I don't see the bottom falling out because of the DeAndre Francois injury. I'm looking at their schedule right now, and I still only expect them to lose to Clemson. I, mean, I, didn't, ex- I didn't think I would look at the schedule and, and, and then come away thinking that, but here I am, and I'm looking at the schedule, and I still only think they're going to lose to Clemson because I, that defense was that good, and they're, I think that they're going to get better in the run game. I think Cam Akers, to me, Cam Akers was the best running back in that game. Cam like, Akers was in, ready. Oh, my gosh. In, He's ready yeah, for it. In terms of just what, what he flashed when he touched the football, it was a different it was a different level of juice than I saw out of anyone on Florida State's team and really anyone on Alabama's side. I thought Cam Akers, when he touched the football, was like there was something special there. And so he's gonna get better. I think James Blackman, they're gonna they're going to be they're they're going to really dial in and focus their efforts. Jimbo Fisher is is going to have a good game plan and I think that they're gonna be okay. I I, I think now Here's my thing with James Blackman. He is really talented. I think he's a future NFL quarterback. He was a four-star in 24-7 sports, was a three-star for most people. We liked him more than most. But he is rail thin. He's a little bit raw. He's, you know, he he played in a pretty simple offense. Like he's he just wasn't a guy that I would have expected to be expected to be ready uh, from day one. Like I'm a little bit surprised he's even starting over JJ Cosentino. Um, just because, you know, go with the experienced guy. But the fact that he is starting or is expected to be the starter means to me that maybe he's further along than we expected. Either way, this isn't ideal, but when did it? When is it ever ideal to have a true freshman quarterback starting? Um, I, I just I think that this is a guy that's going to be a really good quarterback in the long run, but this is just going to be a survival year. Do you think that it's uh, one of those situations where Jimbo Fisher knows that, like, I could see this being the calculus from a head coach's standpoint. My team is too good everywhere else to have a player who's limited. I'd rather take someone who is raw and inexperienced with a higher ceiling and then just understand that, uh, there are going to be some, you know, there there are going to be some moments where uh, that's going to end up getting us. Like he must be, he must look at Cosentino as a player that makes other defensive coordinators be like, oh, okay, we've got this. You know what I'm saying? Like he must just think that there's nothing intimidating about game planning for Cosentino where Blackman, someone who can be better, somebody who uh, is going to pos- like – possess or uh, present uh, more potential options I guess I don't know I just you know he is like Mm-mm, no we're not we're not going to give up we're not going to hamstring ourselves uh, we're just going to let the young talented guy we're going to throw him into the fire well it's also smart I mean if they're close <clears throat> go with the younger guy he's your future and and let him let him learn because you especially when you know your defense is good enough to to you know, to win you some games anyways. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I like the move. Um, all right. <clears throat> I got, I got a double take here. Nice. Uh, a, a two, a two parter one. Sam Darnold is overrated. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Two, USC ain't playoff material. All right. Take, take, take that one where you want. Oh, so spicy. I love it. I mean, that's that is the hot uh, because it's a hot take. It's a hot take because USC 
what came out um came out hot and sloppy you know they just they didn't they were they they kind of they they came off of coachella you know they were still wearing all their uh all their man rompers and they were they were they were loving the vibes they were still they were still in uh they were still in festival season they weren't they weren't quite ready for a western michigan team that was coming down from Kalamazoo to hit him in the mouth with the uh, row the boat or they just that I don't think that they were ready for that. I just think they no. uh, I think that we're going to see a more physical, uh, a more physical team from USC. And I think that as long as Ronald Jones is healthy and boy, man, if Ronald Jones gets banged up, I'm, I'm going to be very sad because that he's one of my favorite running backs, you know, in he was awesome. Yeah, dude. He is so good. He's he, I love that guy so much. And I, even if Sam Darnold is overrated, how about that? That is right for right now because, um, you know, he got hot last year. Now he's got to prove it. You know, he threw at least two touchdowns in each of those nine wins on the Trojans hot streak. Um, and he might still be, you know, top NFL draft, whatever. But if we're talking about rating college quarterbacks for what they are doing in 2017, I'm with you on overrated. But I think the Trojans can and will respond in terms of uh, being a playoff potential team. Okay, all right. So let me let me respond. Uh, Sam Darnold is overrated. I say too hot. <laughs> I'm saying my own take is too hot. I watched the game. I I, I, um, I didn't watch it in real time, but I, I went back and I watched it. And I expected uh, to see a really bad performance by Sam Darnold. And it just wasn't. He did have a – I mean, he had two interceptions. One of the interceptions was a bad throw by him. The other interception was on a deep ball where the Western Michigan corner just made a phenomenal play. Uh, he was 23 of 33. I – he probably had three drops, so he probably should have been 26 of 33. He, you know, I thought Sam Darnold still looked like the Sam Darnold I expected him to. And so I don't, you know, I picked Mason Rudolph to win the Heisman, but I'm, I, I think if you can't, to me, this performance doesn't, doesn't solely uh, Sam Darnold in my eyes. Um, so I'm going too hot on that one on USCA playoff material. I am actually, I, I believe that I don't think USC is going to make the playoffs and I've already said that. And I think this game makes me more confident in that, uh, Western Michigan. Now I know USC might've been sleepwalking a little bit. I know they may have overlooked them against Stanford next week. Uh, but Western Michigan, this wasn't this. This was not a game where they had a bunch of pick sixes and USC was just fumbling snaps or whatever. I mean, Western Michigan just straight up ran the rock on. Them. I know they were getting push. <laughs> they were like, uh, they were setting the edge. They were opening up holes. They had multiple backs cycling in there. What was it two hundred and sixty-three yards rushing or something like and, that? And the core and their Western Michigan's quarterback cannot throw either. Like there is no threat in the past game. There's no and, Corey and, Davis out here. There's no Zach Terrell here. No, this is different. No, all you got to do is stop the run, and they couldn't stop it. And I know. I mean, it was. It, 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 and credit Western Michigan, man, they executed really well. That offensive line was awesome. What a great offensive line they got at Western Michigan. They're going to win some games in the MAC again. Um, 
And and also, just quick side note, like we sh- the reason I picked them to cover the 27.5 points is because I knew Western Michigan wasn't going to be bad without P.J. Fleck because P.J. Fleck was recruiting really well. They had like th- three straight number one recruiting classes in the MAC and were bringing in th- like regularly three-star level players, which is u- unique for Western Michigan, who is usually like, like two-star galore anywhere in the MAC. Is. So uh, that's, that's an aside. But anyways... Um, That's what you get from Barton Simmons. No one else tells you who's first in the MAC. <laughs> the most talented team in the MAC. Of course, they're going to cover twenty-seven. Uh, so yes. So I, I, I still think I think Stanford's going to beat USC this weekend. I think their defense has got a lot to prove. Um, they were not as physical as I would have expected. I'll say this: they were a lot better when Cam, Cameron Smith was on the field in the second half. Mm. He wasn't. You know, he wasn't there in the first half with a. Uh, targeting penalty suspension, but um, but this was I was disappointed in the linebacker play. I don't think John Houston is is he's got his, he's got his hands full against Stanford, and so are so are all those guys. So I I'm a little down on USC right now, um, and uh, and and I'm a, but I'm but I'm higher on Sam Darnold than I think others. So uh, that that's yeah that's where I'm at. All right, uh, this is another one that I want to get your uh, I want to get your take on. I, w- I, w- I want to find out what your response is to this take, and then I'll reveal uh, uh, <laughs> my my own rating on it. Ready? Yeah. In the long run, if Jacob Eason is hurt, Georgia will benefit from having Jake Fromm at quarterback in 2017. Uh. I say so. I'm gonna. This is. I'm gonna go a little inside baseball on this, but I'm gonna say the that that is too hot, too hot, too hot, too hot. Uh, and here's but here's why. Because the best quarterback that uh, that that could potentially be on that roster is Justin Fields. Who's the senior <laughs> yeah, in high school? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's 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 not inside baseball. We've mentioned Justin Fields on this show like four times in our yeah, uh, yeah. couple month existence. Regular listeners should know well who Justin <laughs> yeah, Fields yeah, is. Yeah. But Justin Fields, the number one player in America right now, he's keeping an eye on what's going on on the field. And I think the perfect scenario for for Georgia is Jacob Eason has a outstanding year and it's it becomes clear that Jacob Eason is a three and out guy then I think Georgia gets Justin Fields Justin Fields redshirts his first year and then you know we'll see who wins the job between Justin Fields and Jake Fromm but Justin Fields doesn't seem to be worried about Jake Fromm whether he should be or not he doesn't seem to be uh so to me the best scenario for Georgia is getting Justin Fields on the roster. Now, if Jake Fromm has a good year and is is su- and suddenly like it muddies the water as far as is Jacob Eason gonna stick around? Are they gonna battle for a job next year? Is Jake Fromm good enough to to hold off Justin Fields to where he's got to he then play until his redshirt sophomore season? You know, those all those sort of factors to me are. Uh, in play and I also think it's just yeah I just to me this is Jake Fromm has the type of mental makeup to where whenever it's time for him to go he'll be ready mentally Uh, but 
Jake Fromm, I think, needs this year to become the guy for because because you know Georgia Georgia needs a quarterback. They don't need to be breaking someone else in again this year uh, and 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 have using kid gloves on them when they're trying to win the SEC East. So I'm saying no to that take. What what's are are you? Where are you at? I I thought that um, there was like I felt like in camp maybe you and a few other people were starting to whisper that like I needed to keep an eye on from Tim Tebow did Tim Tebow Tim Tebow gave us a little bit I've heard they like that Jake Fromm guy yeah or the backup I don't even know if he knew his name but he knew they liked the backup yeah um and uh and so I I was uh, I was curious to see him get out there I was I in general I came away from uh Georgia's performance against Appalachian State I'm not rushing to the, the I'm not I'm not like rushing to the table to cash in my uh, my ticket just because you know I put them first in the SEC East. It's a long season and there's a lot of spots where uh, where Georgia could uh, find themselves in a difficult position, including having to go to Jordan Hare Stadium in November. I I think that you've got a uh, I don't know that was that was again I I picked Appalachian State. I mean I'm down in in our competition. I'm at minus one net wins, whiffing on uh, West Virginia and whiffing on Appalachian State, only cashing in my Cal ticket. So I'm I'm down to I'm down minus two, and I uh, and I kind of think that the way that Georgia handled its business, uh, even after losing Easton early in that game, uh, was pretty impressive. Um, I I I don't know. I'm excited to see more. Uh, and sort of see what happens at the quarterback position to see if they're going to be able to to hang with like for example Georgia if it gets into a shootout game with South Carolina you think that they'll be they've got the offense to be able to hang they should this is I think Georgia is such a fascinating team right they just uh, yeah I mean all those I mean they have such good running backs they've they've they're so talented really on both sides of the ball at this point. But their quarterback play is still – like, you know who you who you had total confidence in on Saturday was was Jake Bentley. Like, you don't have that sense with Georgia yet. Like, you you felt like Jake Bentley was going to make the big plays. Uh, that guy know, is so swaggy. You know, when they needed one, he was going to get it done. Yeah. And with Georgia, you I think you, you're in the, like, I hope he, you're, you're hopeful. You're not confident. You're hopeful, and so it's. Uh, I think that's that sort of filters down to the to the rest of the or trickles down to the rest of the the roster and the rest of the the expectations for the team. So yeah, I just think the quarterback situation there, as well as just sort of how they're. Uh, and I, I actually want to. I have not had a chance to watch a ton of that Georgia App State game. Uh, I want to watch it just because I'm curious how that off- offensive line looked because they, you know, they seem to control the game from you know from afar it seemed like they did but they also didn't put up any freaky numbers and i think i know app state's a good team so uh i'm interested i'm very interested in georgia i still think they're the east favorite uh but man things got complicated yeah they they just kind of lean i mean they just had an advantage you know like app, app state looked a little small on that field yeah they yeah. just i mean it was it, like these these are University of Georgia offensive linemen. Like, <laughs> yeah. the, it didn't. It uh, it was it. Uh, sometimes it's not football; it's physics. That's kind of the way it felt right. as right. Uh, as as you know, 
Georgia was out there. She's been like, oh, here's Chubb. Oh, here's Michelle. Oh, here comes Harrion. Oh, here comes Swift. Like just just throwing backs at him. Um, it was it was pretty impressive. Uh, all right, yeah. b- before your next take, uh, we got to If you want to get into the biggest college football game, and if you want to be able to come out from seeing it in person, and you want to be able to get at Barton Simmons or at Chip underscore Patterson on Twitter and be like, hey. Your takes, they are too hot. They are off. I was there. I saw it with my own eyes. A great way that you can get into the stadium is with SeatGeek. See, I got the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's uh, and it's one of the best ways to shop for tickets. They go to find multiple different ticket sites, and they give each ticket a grade to help you identify the value and find the best seats to fit your budget. SeatGeek saves you time and money, um, and every purchase is fully guaranteed so that you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. So make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy to theater. It's not just college football. They'll uh, they'll, they'll take you anywhere you want to go. And the great news for you, a 24-7 sports college football podcast listener, is that you get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase all you got to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code SEC today. That's promo code SEC for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, get in the game. That's that's just my, my tagline. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, man, that, was, that was beautiful. Was well said. All right. What's your, uh, what's your next take? All right, I've got a couple others. Um, okay, how about this? Michigan is national title caliber. Oh yeah, totally, hundred percent. I'm in. I mean, I've signed up. I've got, I've, I've got, I've got my ticket to ride. Um, and I am, I was, I was a Michigan. You know what? All right, remember last season when Michigan's defense like shut out their first seven opponents. Like, didn't allow a touchdown until mid-October or something. Yeah. Like, I I was one of those that was standing on the sidelines like, well, well, well. I mean, let's look at the offenses. You know, I was I was pumping the brakes big time on the Michigan hype train. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm in. I'm all the way in on this team. Uh, I, love, I love the vibe of, uh, you know, talented recruits and recruiting classes that came in with this staff. Uh, they, they worked under uh, the holdover upperclassmen, uh, a group that was really, really good. You know, a program that's won 10 games in back-to-back seasons. We were, we were talking about uh, you know next year might be Michigan's year. Like 2018, that's going to be the national title run. Well, Ohio State won the title a year before they were supposed to have right. their national title run. I'm having those Ohio State 2014 feelings about these Wolverines. And I don't know if it'll happen, man. Big Ten East is going to be tough. And if they don't, you know, if a couple things don't go right, uh, it'll be, it, it, they will find themselves like in another New Year's Six Bowl instead of the playoff. But I don't, I don't see them, uh, I don't, I don't see them winning less than 10 games. I think that they are absolutely a national title contender. Too hot. Oh, no, I'm in. I'm in. I'm all the way in. I'm not dissuaded. I am not dissuaded. I did not not get tricked. I am still on Michigan. Let it be. Here's what I like. I agree there. Like, 
I guess this is part of this is about like how do you define contender? Like, yeah, I think it's fair to call them a contender, but I do not think Michigan will win a national title. I don't think that they can win a national title with Wilton Spade at quarterback. Mm. I think they are. I I think that that's the missing piece for them to to win a national title. And I think when you look at the other teams we talked about, like Jalen Hurts isn't perfect. JT Barrett is not perfect. Uh, Kelly Bryan is not perfect. But those guys are good enough. And they're, they, you can win a national title with those guys. You can win a national title with Trace McSorley. Um, you know, you can win, obviously win a national title with Sam Darnold. Like if you look at the other teams that are legitimate, in my eyes, national title contenders, you know, they have quarterbacks you can win with. And you can win 10 games with Wilton Spade. You can maybe win 11 games with Wilton Spade. But when it gets down to those playoff games and the national title games, I just have no confidence in him. And he's just, I mean, he's hes going to make a play every once in a while. He'll make a nice throw here and there. But um, he's, I, you know, when I watch him throw, it's another one of those, it's its sort of like I was talking about with, with Jake Bentley, like, He's. I'm holding my breath when he goes back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When he yeah, when he yeah. drops back, like I'm holding uh, my breath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, where's this ball gonna go? Like, uh, okay, big play. All right. Or, or like, uh, I just he's he, he. I just don't have confidence that Wilton Spade is good enough for this for the Michigan team that I think is national title worthy everywhere else on the football field and on the football team. Um, and the one you know the one caveat i'll make is that that coaching staff could be good enough to 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 you know to overcome that i think that is the best coaching staff top to bottom position coaches everywhere in college football uh those guys are just so good between don brown pep hamilton their offensive line coaches i mean they have like two offensive line coaches that would be one of the you know among the best anywhere and, and tim drevno and and uh, uh coach fry so that's yeah, I'm, I I I just I can't get on board with Wilton Spade yet. All right, well, so let let me present uh, a a reality. Um, Michigan dream season, Big Ten championship, draws Alabama in the semifinals, loses seventeen to nothing. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> like that. Yeah. They like. Yeah. Like I could see them getting to the playoffs, but when they when they run up against Alabama or when they run up against Clemson. Or whoever else, like there, I just there's gonna be there's going to be a uh, a reveal, <laughs> like there's gonna be a like all right this this here's the wake up call man you guys gotta it's time for it's time to get Brandon Peters ready for next year because because this guy ain't cutting it. Alabama and Clemson have done that to some teams in the playoff era because like Clemson did it to Oklahoma, Clemson did it to Ohio State, Alabama did it to Washington, Alabama did it to Michigan State, where like. That playoff contender gets in there and, and oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and all right, so I wanna pivot this. I know this is my second take in a row, but I just thought of this. Like I didn't this wasn't one that I had coming into the show, but I just sort of thought of this and it's relevant to what we're talking about now. Okay. Alabama's two injuries over the weekend is gonna be enough to to uh, how do I phrase this? Like Alabama, Alabama's offensive outside linebacker injuries are going to keep them from winning a national title. Ooh. 
because that's so to to just so in case people missed it here, Alabama's uh, uh, Christian Christian Miller mm-hmm. and Terrell is it Smith now? He changed his last name now. I've, I'm, he, he used to be uh, a different. So it's Terrell Smith, I think, is is, is the the other outside linebacker. Um, are are out for the season, and that is what makes Alabama so good. Is that they've got those big outside linebackers, those big edge defenders. You can't run on them, and not only do they have those two, but they got the guys behind them. And I know now the guys behind them step up, and they shouldn't be a huge drop off. But when you start wiggling the, the that defense around, and you start playing some musical chairs. And now all of a sudden you got a couple of guys maybe in that Alabama defense that aren't really ready to play this year. And it, they may not be an outside linebacker, but maybe they're an inside linebacker because Rashawn Evans or somebody has to move to the outside. And now all of a sudden Alabama's defense has some vulnerabilities. And that's what Alabama never has on defense. That's why they're so good is that they're – is that – that defensive line is so good, that, that front seven's so good, but then you know when they pressure the quarterback and they throw it up, well, then the, that back end's so good that they turn the interception into a touchdown. Or, you know, you can't, you, you know, their, their back end is so good that the quarterback has to hold the football, and then their front guys are so good that when you hold it a split second long, you're going to get sacked. So, like, there's that, the, just the comprehensive skill and beef of that Alabama defense is what makes them great. And I wonder... If you lose two of your better front seven defenders, I, I just wonder, I'm thinking out loud, if that is going to sort of change the chemistry of this entire unit. There was a, uh, there was a play where uh, uh, it's in Terrell Lewis. You, Terrell uh, Lewis, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, there was a play on special teams. The special teams, you know, are, like we already sort of discussed this, one of the places where that game – uh, changed absolutely in the Florida State opener. You know the 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 fact you get like Minka Fitzpatrick, Damian Harris. Like we've we've gone through that, but there was there was a there was a little paw in there, a freshman's paw that uh, they got in there to poke the ball out, and it was Dylan Moses's. Yeah, <laughs> if Dylan Moses is ready, uh, because I mean you like you tell me you're not you're not far from from digging in and rating and ranking Dylan Moses, but I. I've got nothing, no reason um, to think that he should be anything else other than the future, other than like in line to take Rashawn Evans's place. And if if he's ready to get elevated to that linebacker, that starting linebacker, or even like main contributor position, because Rashawn Evans and Sean Deon Hamilton are stars, like superstars. Yeah. And if Dylan Moses is ready, and if he can come in and hold his own as as a part of that like you said like uh, one of the things from what i've been able to tell is it's not just being good like at alabama if you're going to get in there and be a part of the defense it's about it's about knowing your role and executing like you got to you you like cannot be making mistakes and i i am not talking to dylan moses i don't know if he is feeling comfortable enough to to take all of that talent and athleticism and put it together at a high speed in the college game in alabama's system but boy, I I think that that's a place where they could uh, where they could sustain uh, a loss if Moses is ready. Yeah, and he's and he is 
one of the more college-ready guys you're going to find as, as far as coming out of high school and being ready to roll. He is uh, – I mean, he's physically ready. He's He is mentally prepared. He is an early enrollee. So Dylan Moses should be able to come in and be pretty good, I would think. But um, – so I, I think I'm probably – on a too hot take in terms of, of my, my stance on this one. Like I think that probably Alabama is going to be just fine. I don't know. No, no, no. I, I think, I don't think you, you have to say just fine, but like in the, in the course of a college football season, everyone's going to, uh, you know, suffer some attrition and Alabama's no different. Doesn't Alabama always have like two or three defensive starters that are on crutches in the national championship game? Yeah. I mean, this is, it, it is awful to lose them here at the beginning but I, I still don't, I don't think it's going to stop them from winning the SEC and making the playoff. They held Florida State to, what, I think 250 yards of offense, uh, and 90 of them came on that one scoring drive. Uh, but the one thing that, that I really like, the, the takeaway for me on that was that on that one scoring drive that Florida State had, they had to make absolutely perfect throws and catches oh incredible <laughs> catches you know i mean just the the defensive back like they they were beating defensive backs by like a hair and deandre francois was making a perfect throw and the wide receiver was making otherworldly catches with a defensive back hanging all over him and that's how they're able to move the football so if there's going to be that margin for error in the defensive in the alabama secondary i think they'll be able to uh, you know, compensate with whatever they have to put up there up front. There, I mean, Alabama's so good. It's I'm not going to doubt them. I, I just, you know, I wanted to, to to discuss it, but as the more I talk about it, the more I'm still like, you're going to have to prove me wrong uh, to, to, to before I start doubting Alabama. All right, uh, I think that Florida. We were talking about what if there were trades in college football. Our very controversial segment, what if there were <laughs> trades in college football. I think Florida would take Will Greer for Antonio Callaway and Jordan Scarlett straight up right now. They take Will Greer for like like a whole position unit. <laughs> Jafari like, Zaniga. Take, <laughs> take our <laughs> best of pass rush. Just give us like Will Greer looked good. Yeah, you look good. Oh. He is good. I knew he'd be good. West Virginia is is they're they're going to be a problem for the rest of the Big Twelve. That Big Twelve is it was a it was a good day and a bad day for the Big Twelve. The Baylor lost to Liberty, Texas lost to Maryland, uh, but Oklahoma State, Oklahoma looked great, and West Virginia lost to Virginia Tech. But they're going to be they're going to be good this year. They're going to be just fine because Will Greer is is the real deal. Um, I think that you've got. Uh, you I West Virginia is the third best team in the Big Twelve. Yes, I I would agree with that. Oh man, I, I'm on board with that. They, who else? I'm trying to think. Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and K- then who Kansas, are the other contenders? Kansas, Kansas State. State. It's uh, not Texas. It's for damn not sure. Texas, and it's not Baylor. Who like I thought could have been a sneaky good team. Uh, TCU. Yeah, TCU. That's the other one. It's it's to me. It's, it's West Virginia or TCU. And we're going to find out a lot more about TCU this in this this weekend. They play Arkansas, mm-hmm. uh, so we're going to find out about TCU this weekend. But yeah, I think right now, in a loss, West Virginia came out of that thing looking, you know, really, in my opinion, helping themselves. And and um, I, I'd feel pretty good about 
where we're at right now if I'm a West Virginia fan. What else uh, What else stood out from that West Virginia-Virginia Tech game? I want to make sure uh, we, we get it yeah, in before we how, get out of how, here. Right. How about this? Virginia Tech's going to win the, the uh, Coastal. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, that's that. I, I saw all I needed to see out of Josh Jackson. Good. I and mean, Virginia Tech is <laughs> – they are and, – and how about Justin Fuente? Like, that guy's a co- – that guy is a – he is a star. Yeah. I mean, he – Virginia Tech – is in great shape moving forward because they got a great coach. They've got a talented defense. They've got a quarterback who's a redshirt freshman who it looks like he is a he's going to be a guy for them. They got a, a true freshman quarterback that's going to redshirt this year. I'm sure that's that was competing for that job. Like they've got a, a talented quarterback room, a talented roster, and a, a star head coach. Um, I I would I feel really good about. Uh, about Virginia Tech winning the coast right now, um, and like again, like part of me, part of me go, get, going all on board with that is, uh, ooh, no, 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 this is a Virginia Tech Clemson year. This is well. Uh, so you you think that Virginia Tech? Uh, but they're going to beat. Uh, to me, they're going to beat. I mean, Virginia Tech is going to beat Miami. Miami's going to lose to Florida State. So what's you know they'll they'll be. You're saying Virginia Tech plays plays close to the regular season. You're saying, yeah, but it's also at home. Oh man! So the what? ACC so, might get left out of the playoff. They might. Is that, <laughs> so is that too so high? You think Virginia? Now you're you're so high. You're so so on the Virginia Tech bandwagon that you now think that they might be Clemson. I I am so on the Virginia Tech bandwagon that I can foresee a possibility where they upset Clemson. At Lane Stadium, inner Sandman going nuts. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, hey, it's gonna be it's gonna be a crazy atmosphere. Yeah, yeah like I, yeah. I just you know, it's uh, I think that Flo- like Florida State, Clemson, Miami, Virginia Tech, everybody's got to play everybody. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I'm still gonna ride with Clemson, but I, I, I mean, you got a point. Like, it's gonna be it, it's going to be. Uh, it's going to get tricky in the a- ACC this year. Good news is Louisville doesn't look like they're as much of a threat oh my as, God. <laughs> as people maybe thought. Hot, uh, hot take, nothing has been fixed at Louisville. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do want to throw this at you, though, before, uh, w- before we wrap. But um, if you – like, so if you could reset your college football playoff picks right now after watching one week of football mm. – uh, would you? And if so, what would they? What would they be? Because I would change mine. The playoff picks. Yeah, your four you picked preseason. Mm. Who were your four? My four were. Uh, I had Florida. Yeah, I had Florida State, uh, Oklahoma, um, Alabama, and Ohio State. All right. So the only one I guess really. I don't know. I mean, Ohio State didn't exactly look. So go ahead. You just answer, you know, I'll just I'll back off. What, what would you change them, or would you just keep on riding with it? Oh no, I'd change it. I think. And and what would you? What would what would be the change? I would drop Florida State, and I would either replace it with Clemson or USC, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I listen. It's. I'm not ready to bail on Ohio State. I think that would be that's like a little bit too easy to do. Um, and just in terms of 
you know, knee-jerk reactions. And certainly even bailing on Florida State is tough. But, you know, the like I, I'm just like haunted by when we had Brendan Sinone, 24-7 Sports, on here. And he just – he was talking about this razor-thin margin for error that Florida State had if it was going to be able to make it to the playoff and, and win a national championship. And it's like, oh, you've got a thin margin for error? Okay, well – starting quarterbacks gone you know like i just i think that you got to take them out i'm i'm tempted to to back off oklahoma but you know i went so hard on oklahoma and my back off oklahoma after they like completed collectively like 30 of 32 passes and you know where i i love that kyler murray started the second half yeah i i'm uh yeah i'm I, i think that I think I'm going to stick with Oklahoma uh, and I'm going to stick with Alabama, stick with Ohio State and probably sw- swap out Florida State for Clemson or put USC back in there. But the, again, like that's that would be uh, that's I'm, I'm still waiting to see how the Trojans look against Stanford uh, and if, if those linebackers and defensive line are going to be ready for what's coming, what's coming at them hard and fast on Saturday. All right. So my my playoff for preseason was Alabama Clemson, Ohio State, and Washington. Same four as last year. And I, I, I would change mine. I would Alabama and Clemson, I would still ride with. But A, I would swap Stanford for Washington after one week. And, and only, and I'm, I'm not, this isn't an overreaction to, you know, Washington not blowing out Rutgers. It w- it's just A, I was reminded of how maddening Jake Browning is for me as a football fan, like watching him. Like he is, he, his lack of arm strength, his, <laughs> his, his like, yeah, you talk about just, holding your breath when, when someone lets the ball go. <gasps> he's just an okay quarterback. And Washington does a great job of putting him in position to be successful. And Washington is going to be really good. And, and they, and, and this is not a total bail. Like they, I still feel like I got a shot. And hitting on that one because I still think that they're going to be good. I mean, that secondary reloaded. They've they've got a lot of skill guys that can make plays, though they don't have John Ross. Uh, Austin Pettis is back, but I mean, Washington could make it. But I I feel more confident in Stanford, especially after seeing USC and thinking Stanford's going to beat them this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, and and thinking that that's you know another another loss avoided by Stanford and then they get Washington at home late in the year. So I would replace Washington with Stanford, you know, replace my Pac-12 North battle guys. And the, the one that's really tough for me is I'm, I would be very tempted if I were to repick today to replace Ohio state with Penn state. Mm, Oh man. Uh, yeah. Saquon Barkley is my new Heisman favorite. (laughs) I mean, he, the Ohio State, I'm worried that they looked so similar to last year offensively. Like all those problems that they had with JT Barrett at quarterback, limiting them in the downfield passing game, they were they were there. They were all still there. And that's a big reason why that they were they they couldn't score late in the year. It's because JT Barrett is just not a, a quarterback that gives you a lot of options downfield. Now he's got a lot of skill guys around him, and I know they blew up in the second half against Indiana, but it's it was by throwing drag passes and letting those guys run seventy yards. And 
I, I, I just I expected them to be better in week one than than they were on that side of the game. And I, when I look at Penn State, they've got a, a to me Trace McSorley is a better college quarterback than JT Barrett. They've got a big time playmaker in Saquon Barkley. They're going to have the big receivers that can test those Ohio State DBs like Indiana's did. Um, this one is not – I'm not like totally decided on this, but it, I, I would have a very long, hard conversation with myself. A long look in the mirror to figure out whether Penn State needed to be in there instead of Ohio State if I were to re, you know, recalibrate t- today. Um, as it is, I'm still okay. I think I got a shot with the four I picked, but um, – it would be. I thought it was interesting in week one, you know how you know how quickly opinions can change based on finally getting something beyond just sort of like scuttlebutt to go off of. I feel like Penn State's uh, scheduling department had a phone call on Thursday night, and the caller ID read Joe Moorhead, and the first thing he said was, "Yo, let's play them next week. I don't care what you have to do. <laughs> I, I know exactly." Like Joe Moorhead was looked at what Indiana was doing, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, we can do this. We can go yeah. beat them again. Let's go. Like let's let give me a shot with our wide receivers and with Saquon Barkley. Penn State's <laughs> Penn State's well, ready." It- and, and and I I mean Penn State's got the big receivers that Indiana has, and they also have a more mobile quarterback that can feel that Ohio State rush a little bit better. Maybe extend a couple plays with his legs. Um, so not to not to jump the gun and start breaking down Penn State Ohio State like seven weeks ahead of time, but that's going to be a fun game. That's going to be a very fun game. All right. We've got a fun week for you. We've got uh, a view from Vegas. Uh, Sportsline's Michael Roberts will be joining us on Wednesday's show. Tom Fernelli back for the picks. Uh, we will be judged. Um, we've got one more. So I am at negative two. Tom, ooh, Tom is plus three. I'm looks ooh. like I'm, uh, looks like I'm in last place. Uh, and let's see, you got plus. I'm two. at five hundred. I think right. Two yeah. and two right now. Yeah, you're gonna win. Gotta win tonight to get in. To get to get in the. The red or the good in the black rather you got gt plus three we'll we'll of course be talking about that at the end of the week make sure that you subscribe to the 24 7 sports college football podcast uh subscribers get them first follow barton at barton simmons you can follow me at chip underscore patterson barton uh great weekend one more game uh thank you so much feels good man <laughs>